0: Morning, Cam. How are you? Good, Mike. How are we doing this morning? Doing well. Uh, you, you know what we're going to ask. Where did, where did the schooler – where did it come from? I mean, we heard some background from Pat McAfee about maybe some tells from Jake Bailey. Just, I guess, kind of take us through the process to get to that point.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, it's just outside the box thinking, I guess you would say. But, you know, no different than any other um, time you're bringing a guy – um, from a block standpoint in motion like John Jones last season um, against the Colts. You know, there's uh, things you're looking for for as the game goes on, whether it's a snapper, maybe it's a, a guy set, the hand movements, um, the holder's heads, you know, different things. So we go through the process just looking for any keys or details that, you know, can give you an edge. You know, it's not something that – you know, every week you're probably going to be able to do anything like that. But just going through the alerts and trying to find, you know, what is going to be that key. Um, You know, like I said, John against the Colts had one, um, which obviously played out well for us last season. So but it's a really credit to the schooler and um, all honesty and all those guys out there really buying in. Because, you know, on that play, if Duggar doesn't rush and bring down Wilkins as well, which is like the the – forgotten thing like if he just doesn't go well Wilkins is going to block him off the edge so you know all the guys trusting it and believing it, it's going to work and bringing everybody down so we can get off the edge right there I mean and then he just timed it up it was really good by him Um trusting like I said and coming off the edge and you know going out there and laying out for us thank you thanks Mike
0: next question Bob sosi
1: hey good morning Cam good morning Bob how we doing
0: I'm doing well, thanks. In that particular instance, going back to it, I think the first field goal try, watching the television copy, it's kind of hard to see, but NBC had the behind the kicker shot, and it looked like both Miles and Brendan kind of walked from the edges, you know, toward the formation. In the case of that that play that you pulled off, do you have to kind of set it up? And, and show them a similar look, uh, whatever your innovative, you know, play might be uh, so that you don't tip your hand when you do want to you know go for it?
1: Yeah, no, you know that we do that for twofold. Um, if you can go back to last season and we were actually doing this last season is, you know, we want to check and make sure there's no one hidden out on the sidelines um, or anything like that. Um, but, you know, anytime you're doing a play and you want to make everything look as close as you can, because that makes it hard. Uh, makes it hard on you as a coverage team, makes it hard on you as a protection team, is if everything looks the same. Whether, you know, you're on punt return and you're returning the ball, but then you throw the exact same look and you rush out of it, it's the same. Um, obviously on field goal block, you know, there, it's, it's rushing. You know, you're, you're going to come with a rush. So, but the more you can make things look the same and then do something a little bit different, that is an advantage for you. So you definitely try to make everything that you're doing look the same and then throw a twist in there, um, you know, whether it's a change-up with a different twist game, not going straight. You know, as much as you can make everything look the same, we definitely try to do um, for us. And, and very quickly, how, how much of the rules uh, forced you, the, the way the uh,
0: special teams rules have changed in recent years, forced you to even, uh, you know, stretch the, the imagination, if you will, you used to be able to block kicks. I mean, Jamie Collins did one. I know you guys got uh, Justin Tucker on a kick. that You can no longer do where you could leap over the long snapper, if you will. Um, so how, how do you have to really stretch your, the bounds of your imagination now because of the way the, the game is legislated?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the, the biggest point of emphasis is the limitations that we're allowed to do. Like you can go to the kickoff rules. They've changed every year from the running starts, from all the motions to your to your point, running and jumping over the line um you know everything's about points you know and trying to allow teams to score points so when you're preventing teams from scoring points they're trying to figure out ways to stop you from doing things so you have to have imaginations um and sometimes when we're in there as coaches we're drawing stuff on the wall or, or this and, and sometimes it may be crazy and you're sitting there going well i don't know and it's like well let's look at all And then you go through the you know 100 200 clips whatever it is you're sitting there watching and you're studying and, you know, it's like, oh, that might be a good idea. You know, I tell people sometimes the best ideas show up at, you know, one o'clock in the morning when you're just drawing stuff and doodling. Um, so you try to think as much outside the box and having as many uh, minds in there and thinking about it and throwing things on the wall. Like, hey, this showed up or that showed up. And then that's why we study other league tape. Uh, that's why we study college tape. You know, um, you know you're always looking for somebody who's done something different. And, you know, you may not do it exactly the same or because you don't always know why they do something. But it's like, hey, that's a kind of good idea. What if we tweak it a little bit and do it this way that fits us? Yeah. Um, so especially in the special teams world, we're always watching one another. Um, and you're trying to find, like you're saying, that innovative thing to do that's a little bit different, but it's amongst the rules. And you, you've got to play within the rules, obviously, but there's always something you can hopefully find and figure out. Like, all right, well, you can't jump and run forward towards the line of scrimmage, but as long as you're on the line of scrimmage, you know, you're fine. So just thinking about the rules, like you're saying, and going in depth, like, all right, this is legal. Now, how can we use it to our advantage?
0: Cam, thanks a lot. really appreciate
1: it. Absolutely. Thanks, Bob.
0: Next question, Ian still.
1: Hey, Cam, how's it going? Good, Ian. How are we doing? Good, good. Um, what makes Schooler the right guy for that job? You got a lot of fast guys. Why particularly is Schooler uh, tasked with with being the motion man there? Yeah, no, um, you know, he's obviously a, a tall, long guy. Uh, so let's start there, you know, so the length and being able to stretch out and get to the block point. You know, if you have a guy that's five, six, just so, usually a really short guy, for example, like when he lays out, maybe he doesn't quite get there. Um and the quickness, and acceleration. Any guy that's coming off the edge on a on a field goal rush team, um, it was Jack Jones a uh, lot for us. It was Justin Butler, John Jones. Like you know, so there's one trait they all have is they're all quick and they're all fast. So um, the normal operation for a field goal unit from snap to kick is somewhere between one two seven and and one three four. Call it you know we're talking seven hundred to the second there. But so you have to have the acceleration and the speed to turn the corner and, and get to the block point. You know, which is usually about five yards in front of of the holder. So you know, the acceleration, the speed, the length—those are all kind of things that lead into what guys can play on the edge um, on a field goal rush team, specifically. And you know, I mean, Pat Peterson, back in the—you know—he's still one of the better ones off the edge, but also he's also long. So you know, if you can get a guy that's quick, explosive, and long, you're, you're getting the best of, of everything right there for a guy off the edge. Thanks, Ian.
0: Next question, Mike Reese.
1: Hey Cam, good to talk with you. Thanks for your Thank you. time. Absolutely. Mike, good to see you.
0: You guys got a little bit of a three-headed monster there between you, Joe, and Joe. Um, what is what, what makes Joe Judge a good special teams coach?
1: Yeah, no, uh, Joe, Joe does a great job. He, you know, he's in the in the rooms with us, he's helping us uh, you know, everything. Just, you know, anytime you have three good coaches, uh, you know, with Joe Houston, Joe, and Joe uh, and myself, it's you're able to throw ideas around right? Um, you're able to talk about everything. Um, and and that's what really, really helps us, you know, and it's a benefit is we're able to throw ideas off the ball, you know, wall and, and talk amongst each other. And we're all thinking outside the box. So, you know, it's really helping us this season to have three of us out there working with the units and, and going through it. You know, I can't say enough about Joe Houston, the job he's done. Um, and Joe, obviously a judge, you know, going back to 18 when we were initially working together in, in 18. So, you know, it's a good working relationship and we're all bringing different aspects to, to the game and you got three different minds and three are better than one, I like to say all the time, you know, so, you know, you got six of eyes on game day, so you're seeing more. Um, it's just, it's just a really good working place because you got three really good coaches in there and all working together with one another and each guy may have a different idea um, and that's where it's, it's valuable for us is I may see it one way, and uh, Joe, Joe Judge may see it one way, Joe Houston may see it one way, and then it's like, all right, we've got three different ideas. All right, well, oh, this is kind of the same idea, so we definitely want to do this because we all three saw the same thing, and then we talk about the other part of it. So it's a good working environment because we've got three guys that are all humble, and they're all wanting just, hey, what's the best play, what's the best play for our players, and what's the best way to get them to that play and all working together. Thanks, Mike.
0: We have uh, room for two more questions. We'll go Kari Thompson, followed by Dan Roach.
1: Hey, Cam, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. I want to ask you about a former player real quick. Um, Nate Ebner, what do you remember about coaching him and his, his his impact on the Patriots special teams back in the day? Well, I can't say enough great things about Nate Ebner. Um, Nate in 18, you know, he really uh, helped me a lot on my first season here as coaching because um, he is so knowledgeable of the football game. Um, he is, I, I like to call it a cerebral assassin out there. He, he just sees everything and saw everything and the way he digests stuff. Um, you know, and we'd sit in with meeting room with him and we'd put stuff in, and he'd be like, hey, well, what about this? Or that. Like he almost, I tell him all the time, I'm surprised he's not coaching yet. Um, you know, I, he's got the rugby thing, which they're doing a great job with that. Um, but just, you know, his ability to digest plays and see everything and study. Um, he was a student of the game, and then he brought that edge. You know, I remember that about Nate. Like, he was that guy, like, he didn't say much in the hall or passing. You know, you talked to him, you good conversation. But when it came to game day and came down to breaking down an opponent, right, it was all business. It was all work. It was, it was like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to show up every day. We're going to work. Um, you know, Nate was a tremendous, tremendous person, um, you know, to be around. Uh, I love it when he comes back to visit, you know, we get to see him because, you know, he just has that energy to him. Um, you know, I can't, I can't say enough about Nate. He was great to be around, great player, um, again, great great leader for us, you know, those years we had him here and just having him in the room, you know. And he was able to just see things, like I said, on the field. And he'd come to the side hey, let's do this, coach. I see it. And you know what? 95% of the time he was darn right. And it was like, hey, there it is. There it works. And that builds a lot of trust um, in you as a coach when a player is able to see things on the field because they're the guys that, the bullets are flying, it's moving, and we're just over there looking like still pictures. And he's like, hey, no, that's not really what happened. This is what happens. And then you show up Monday and he's 100% correct. So, you know, Nate Nate was a great influence for me and, you know, can't say enough great things about him. And real quick, what was the leadership dynamic like with him and Matt Slater? Um, he kind of described it as like kind of a, a good cop, bad cop kind of a deal. Yeah, uh, I, I think Nate was more blunt, I guess is the best way to say it, and tell you how it is. And, Um, and it was all truth though. So that's what's, they were great together. They played off one another very well. Um, but Nate was like, no, this is how it's gotta be. He was like the hammer, so to speak, driving it, driving the nail in. Uh, and and Matt was always like, he was there, um, the influence, the leadership part of it. And then Nate was like, well, I'm going to tell him in my own way. You tell him in your own way. Um, but the way they played off one another was amazing. It was really good. Really great to see them work together. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for the question.
0: And final question, Dan Roach.
1: Hi, Cam. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it quick. Uh, just, just a final thought
0: on that school or play from the sense of how, how many times do you practice that as a team? And is it a season long thing? Is it a training camp all the way through? And how many variations do you have of different things that you like might might experiment with on a weekly basis?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, one thing we try to do is get as many reps as we can off to the side um, with that, you know, especially like if we're doing a, uh, you know, offensive period and, and schoolers available or defensive period, you know, um, whatever it may be. Anytime you're doing something unique, you try to steal as many reps off to the side and practice as you can um, with those guys. So, you know, you're not going to get 50 reps or 60 reps or something like this. Um you know, in the team period, you know, kicking game wise, you're talking 10 reps here, but you also have got to put your other stuff in. It's not just that one play. Um, there's other calls that go into everything you're doing on the field. So we have limited reps in the kicking game. So you still as many reps throughout practice as you can. And then anytime you put something in, um, you know, you're always definitely looking for for adjustments. And like, you know, what what can we do now to play off of that um, and, and what can help us in the game? So. You know, whether it's that exact scheme that shows up again or some little tweak to it, you know, you want to be able to carry stuff from week to week as long as the guys keep it simple for them. and allows them to go play fast, you know. So they do a good job, you know, throughout practice where we're trying to grab guys on the side and work with them. You know, it may be three or four guys and then myself and, and Joe and Joe or we're over there and we're the we're the look squad, you know, and we're giving the looks, you know, and they're not really necessarily going up against other players, but we're, we're trying to give the looks to the guys or – our specialists do a tremendous job of filling in. And, you know, they're over there giving the looks that they need to as well. And they may be the, the guard, the tackle. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've made Matt Slater be a guard on the punt team. You know, he's not a guard on the punt team. But it's like, hey, I need you to do this. So, um, you know, the just one thing about this plate that's so unique is when you ask a guy to do something, it's like, yeah, coach, what do you need? Definitely, you know, we're going to work on this. And just being able to get those reps off to the side that may not be a team period, that's just so valuable. Um, Because that's what helps us on game day and shows up for sure. Thank you. Thanks, Dan.
0: Thank you very much, Cam.